Hello and welcome to Hey I Like, the podcast where we talk about all the things that make our little neurodivergent brains go bonkers. We are in October now, um, so we are starting the first of our spooky October Halloween episodes. Kent, would you like to tell everyone what spooky thing we're talking about today? All right, first we'll have a warning, like it's like uh, the past or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, warning, the following podcast may contain mentions of blood drinking, vor, death, sex, necrophilia, the Clinton administration, school shootings, economics, and random pookers. Pookas. Listener discussion is, eh, who are we kidding? You're already into this. You're already interested. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my god. Okay. And <laughs> that yeah, is definitely the most interesting in disclaimer. Okay. As long as I don't skip things and things don't get edited out, that's all going to be in here. Okay uh, then. Well, now okay. I know. Because we're not talking about a role-playing game today. No. This oh. is a storyteller <laughs> game. Well, actually, a series of storytelling games, but we're going to start with one and work our way up. <laughs> the story. Let's start with the one that most people have probably maybe heard of or gone, oh, those freaks again? It's 1991, and a, a RPG has hit the market that nobody really noticed at first. It's Vampire the Masquerade, first edition. <laughs> but yes, it's... The first edition of something that's going to be, you know, there was basically like three RPGs in the 90s, and it was like Shadowrun and Vampire Players. And here we are. <laughs> oh, no, there were other games. No, shut up. <laughs> Nobody cares about D&D Bird. Uh, actually, that was kind of later. But uh I yeah, really played so, D&D 5th, so... Yeah. But this is the 90s. What's a 5th edition of anything? <laughs> really, RPGs are only like 20 years old at this point. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a 5th edition? No. Uh, yeah. So you have a game where you, the player, are the evil one. I mean, you're a vampire. You're not a good guy. Right? Except you are, but you're not. You're cursed to drink blood in a very weirdly you're a corpse, but this entire game is very sexually charged and more about political infighting than you would think. <laughs> of course it is. I mean, political infighting does turn into combat, real, actual beat the crap out of each other combat. For the most part, though, it's subtle behind the scenes things with we have 13 different bloodlines of vampires, all based on, all descended from Cain, the Cain. The, the in, biblical one. Yes, as in the guy wow. who killed Abel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what, gets, what gets wild is there's a later novel where, there's one of the novels for vampire, vampire that Seth appears in. Like, wow. the, the Seth. Which there's a elder vampire sitting there with another genre of character that we'll get into. And it's kind of blowing him off 
until he mentions straight up that he hasn't seen his brother in a few centuries. And it's the closest thing to a vampire shitting bricks you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. At that, the birds have been summoned. Mm, I don't know if you heard that bird whatnots. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, different vampire clans with different unique takes where it's like, oh, vampire. If, you, if there's a myth about a vampire, some clan had that weakness or ability. Yeah. Or several did. So like, oh no, cannot show up in mirrors. Well, that only applied to one clan. Of the 13. Or. Oh, they could turn into an animal. Well, there's a. There's actually an ability that they can learn for that, but not everybody has it. So. And of course, you have to have two big factions because everything has two big factions. Of course. <clears throat> the Camarilla that wants to sit back and just be quiet and sit in the shadows. And if a person disappears from now and then because we got hungry, who cares? But otherwise, let's not make noise. And the Sabbat, which is destroy all the elders and let's take over and be gods. And a lot of the individual source books were done by an artist named Timothy Bradstreet, which I, which some, maybe our comic book people would recognize that name, because I know, I remember when I was working at my comic book job, seeing, huh, that cover looks, that Punisher cover looks really like the old Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, wait, it is Tim Bradstreet Street covers. <laughs> He's moved up in the world. <laughs> He's working for Marvel now. Okay, so... Always nice uh, when you see an artist you recognize. Yeah, it's like, whoa, hey, it's him. So, uh, very, e fairly easy to understand system. Uh, all D10s, so just get out your 10-sided dice. Yeah. You don't even really need a bucket of them, maybe a handful. <laughs> uh, you've got nine stats in three different categories, physical, mental, and social, that you just use point-based character creation and your dice pool is a standard. It kind of reminds you of Shadowrun. Here's your target number. Roll your dice pool. Did you beat it? Yes. Good. You succeeded. Yeah. That's pretty much the same across all storytelling games. And then if you had, and then because of course you're playing a vampire, you add <laughs> your supernatural, you have your supernatural abilities as options, but you also have regular skills. So if there's, for some reason, a regular mortal character, yeah, it's just like skill plus the ability done, and you don't have anything supernatural going, right? Yeah. So, so that goes, it's first edition followed up by a second edition within a couple years, and that becomes the pattern. It's like, here's first edition, here's a later second edition. First editions, this is where it's kind of weird. First editions were all paperback, and then the second editions were hardback. Yeah. In a very fancy, you know, also probably ten bucks more each, but in a, but yeah, yeah it's like because yeah. normally I don't know about like game manuals and stuff, yeah. but normally when you're publishing a book, it comes out in hardback first and then in paperback right. because paperbacks are cheaper to buy, um, I... and they, the publishing company wants to make as much money as quickly as possible, so they do yeah. all the first release a hardback and then the paperback follows 
So you'll get like a first printing, first edition hardback, and then you'll get a first printing paperback, but it's not first edition, if that makes I, sense. So it's interesting I, that yeah. they did paperback, then hardback. Normally they only go I, straight for paperback if they don't expect it to be particularly popular. I think it was a combination of the company knew it would be cheaper to go paperback to begin with. Yeah. And then also it kind of became a, this is our beta test rules, but it's kind of a final beta. We're going to throw them out in the world, find out what didn't work. And then the second edition rolls around, yeah. here's the hardcover, isn't it great? Oh, okay. yeah. we fixed everything that was wrong. Oh, in theory, we fixed everything that was wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, in theory. <laughs> Uh, now, the creator of the game originally had done another game that was a medieval wizard game called Ars Magica that used a few of the same mechanics. But it ended up using some of the same concepts of timeline where it almost looked like Ars Magica was the past for Vampire, but got retconned out of existence. But. <laughs> They became their own timelines later on when a different company took <laughs> it. But like there was one of the clans for Vampire was uh, Clan Tremere, which were originally wizards that chose to become vampires when they sensed that magic was starting to not be as safe as it used to be. Yeah. Well, in Ars Magica, one of the major houses of wizards was House Tremere. And it was set up with the same names of leadership, the same organization, the same attitudes. And it's like, you just photocopied this and made them vampires. What the hell? <laughs> but then in later Ars Magica, they said, there was an attempt to become vampires. It was stopped by other houses, and those responsible were executed. Like, oh, wow, they did a complete timeline flip. <laughs> they did a what if and did not false stuff so yeah that was the origin origin of vampire and then in 92 it's time for werewolf the apocalypse oh. <laughs> yeah. yes give in to the wit give in to the wolf side yes i'm talking to my dog right now but hey we <laughs> and the general point of werewolf is captain planet is pissed and will kill you <laughs> uh it it is kind of more yes you are the monster yes you are the werewolf but you are you the player are more gaia's vengeance earth is dying because people are killing earth well not just people but there's mystical forces at work too and you are there to fix nature and yeah. fixing nature involves tearing some motherfucker to shreds. <laughs> and so be it. <laughs> hey, there's a head of a company that dumps toxic waste in. <laughs> okay, there's the head of that guy. <laughs> but more often than not, somebody like that. It had a, uh, it's like spiritualism and killing machines in one. Because a, a lot of a werewolf's powers come from the spirits of nature that yeah. are fickle as all hell and you have to talk to and are gifted 
actually what do we call it? gifts from the spirits you divided into tribes which are basically in that edition were basically the bloodlines more or less of where werewolves first came from and they have their own attitudes and their own snobbery and like some think they're better than others oh and, and then also things are based on this on the moon itself because we can't have a werewolf game without the moon of course not so you have those the warriors are the full moons they derive the strongest power when the moon is full and then there's also the story towers the philosopher peacekeepers the trickster and then those that talk to spirits directly this ended up being popular enough that they went ahead and just announced their roadmap after this and said this is what we're going to do for the we're going to make it this whole series of other games and they're all connected and there is crossover potential and we're going to make sure they're balanced which was a lie <laughs> and, and everything works together sure uh-huh vampire was based on okay everything's from the biblical cane yada yada there's ancient vampires and there's newer vampires this was more you have three spiritual forces that control everything and it's the weaver the wild and the worm and a while ago the worm went insane and that's why everything is going corrupt and yeah. the worm has agents in the world that try to make everything corrupt and polluted and all ugly and ick and but the weaver is like the city's out of control like everything must be planned everything must be organized well the wild is the wild yeah it's everything it's basic nature and you have some tribes that are firmly dedicated to one the 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 non-player character tribe devoted to the worm you're not allowed to join because they're the bad guy they're the big bad guy or one of the big bad guys but within the player characters you have weaver and wild fanatically based tribes that are that don't necessarily get along with each other at all but both agree that the worm has to be put down or fit put down or fixed which is another philosophical argument going on yeah of course yeah it's like because there's some that believe that there's actually two worms and the old worm that was balanced that just corrupted things so they could go back to the wild or the weaver to be reformed is tied up somewhere and needs to be released and that would fix everything everything would be fine if this old one were back but no so they they followed that one up with okay we got wizard we've got uh vampires running around we got werewolves running around and we've already mentioned that there, there are vampires that used to be wizards a long time ago. Let's bring the wizards in. Yeah. And that's where we get uh, Mage the Ascension, which is very hard to explain. Because a mage could almost be anything, depending on their, even though they're divided into their various factions, like you know, because we can't have this game system unless we have the vision and the factions. You could describe what they're doing as all different, as the same thing, but different, or different things the same way. Yeah. <laughs> because in the same group, well, how to describe? 
like every magic system kind of could work here as an explanation for what's going on. Like these, you're basically imposing your will on reality to make reality do what you want it to do. Yeah. But reality doesn't like that, so will slap back unless you use it in some way that everybody watching, if you were being watched by a mortal and they just think you did the, oh, I can explain that away, it's perfectly fine. A throw a fireball and a whole building explodes. Well, no, I swear I saw him with a Molotov cocktail and I thought it smelled a gas leak. So that's what happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what, exactly what happened. Yep. But if that didn't happen, uh, reality bitch slaps you hard. Yeah. And not just reality, because we have different groups, of course, and one of them is dedicated to making the perfect organized future society and everything else needs to die to do it. If let's raise everybody to, I mean, it's, I mean, literally one group of that group is called New World Order. So there's the bad guys. Right there. Yeah. Well, the other side is a combination of everything. I mean, you could have somebody whose entire system of magic looks like Harry Potter. They have to do a... They have to speak a spell, and it does one effect, and that's what happens. And they even sometimes will dress like a, like a wizard. In fact, you could do Harry Potter using this system, and it would work, pretty much work. But yeah. have them walking alongside someone who's in a lab coat, who's an absolute mad scientist. Because that's a lot of their belief system is based on what could be steampunk Victorian era mad science, and it works for them. And then beside them is a computer hacker, because this is the 90s, and computers were magic. I mean, I had a conversation with somebody when uh, they did a reprint edition of this, and it's like, you're carrying around a magic item in the 90s, and you give a description of the item, and it's like, that's just an iPad. But back during this rule set, that would have been a fairly high-powered magical relic because of what it could do just bring up any old information sure that's amazing you hand it to your order of hermes wizard because they've got their spells written on there and it's like yeah i'm just gonna recite it off of this <laughs> the magic is within me but i need the words and they're in this yes we know you don't like that either <laughs> but also you have you could have shamans who are talking to the exact same spirits that the werewolves are talking to. And ironically, werewolves hate mages because mages need to take power from the world to power themselves. And werewolves' places of power are very tempting to go, hmm, let's uh, plug into that, shall we? Let's <laughs> see what we can do. So if that is, that's a whole game system where you have to wrap your head around and nobody agree, no two people agree on how it works. Yeah. But. But it does work, weirdly. Now, that brought up their fourth game system, which was the absolute bleakest. I mean, we've been a vampire, been a werewolf, been a, been a sorcerer-ish mage going around. Now you're just dead. You're a ghost, you're in the land of the dead, and it is everything is bad. In fact, they published... 
but most of the books published under this line, they, you know, that the the trigger warning I've heard at the beginning, basically, yeah. is a half joke. Almost all their books had something like that at the beginning. This was Rafe the Oblivion. You're dead. You're in the land of the dead. Building materials in the land of the dead are other souls. Yeah. They take souls and they pound them into like a brick to build a building. You're, that's, yeah. You only have power as long as you're remembered. And there's a dark side of you typically played by another player who's trying to convince you to just go total evil and destroy yourself and wreck things. I mean, this, this is a bleak series. And I mean, there's, uh, I, I think I got two pages into one source book. And it was basically the Holocaust source book. That's Yikes. how, yeah. So this is, <laughs> yeah, not horribly recommended, but at the same time, maybe, yeah. So they had the lighting things up. 1995, let's bring out Train Droid. Let's be fairies. <laughs> let's be the fae. This is going to be a lot happier. I mean, to put it to you this way, I don't think they used a single page of color in any Wraith book. Train Train was all color. Everything. Every page of every book, of every edition, color. Like, bright, vivid. I mean, amazingly, just... The idea was the world is brighter because you're in it. You are the servants. You've come from the land of the Fae. Reborn in humans, uh, because somebody just fucked up. Uh, seriously, they did. They actually wrote that in one of the mage books that there's a faction of the people who New World Order work for that do space exploration. And when they did the moon landing, the idea was to say, "Look, technology will raise all of mankind. Get rid of of your your supernatural beliefs." Well, landing on the moon meant everybody was looking at the moon, which the fae, the the true fae in Arcadia regarded as humanity wants the fae back. So the fae souls started being reborn in humans. And not realizing that humanity that humanity was on this downward spiral towards not brightness, but banality and just crushing, let's say it, capitalism. One Tumblr, <laughs> it's capitalism. <laughs> and things would be depressing, but the you're fighting against the dying of the light to raise, to bring happiness and joy back. And of course, you can play as uh, the, the she, the trolls, uh, Let's see, what were some of the others? Bogans. And of course, our favorite, the Pukas. Yay! <laughs> I mentioned Pukas, which are not exactly, exactly one for one of Pukas. The Puka thing was you could change into another animal, but if you choose it at character design, you choose one animal at character design, you could become. 
So a badger puka is viable, a horse puka is viable, but you're that. That's your form. And you must always lie, which is why I had a whole puka for president campaign going at one time. But uh, of course, you have two factions, and what else would they be but silly and unsilly courts? But both of them are kind of on the same side to bring light into the world, except, you know, one is more. Well, they're both bastards. Okay, this is Faye. They're both bastards, but <laughs> they're different kinds of bastards. But but ironically, they fight some of the same enemies as the werewolves do, because some of the stuff out of werewolf was actually taken out of myths that is the same myths that they used for Chindring. So you could have alliances there. Some of the mages got along with them. Vampires avoided them because they found out if you drink fey blood, it's like the biggest acid trip ever and not in a good way. So, and then they also brought out some other games that you could play as mummies, which were supposed to be super rare. And there actually is hunter source books. So you could play as regular mortals hunting everything else. Uh, and then they after they exhausted all their settings, they decided to go with, okay, we're going to just bring out source books for a whole year that are just, here are the hunters dedicated to taking out all these, all your player characters. So for Vampire, they had an Inquisition source book. The modern Catholic Church Inquisition in a source book. You could play as the Inquisition, or you could play as the as this is everything they have. Uh, ironically, the you know who they brought out as the antagonist for werewolves. The 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 antagonist source book for werewolves was the FBI. Ah, uh, wow. The, okay. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. But it was interesting because they had all sorts of background where it's like. Certain parts of the FBI are actually infiltrated by agents of the worm, but certain other parts of the FBI are infiltrated by the kinfolk who are like non-werewolf relatives of werewolves. Since werewolves are werewolf was is you're born a werewolf or you're not. So these would be there elements of cousins who are in positions of power to point the FBI in the right or wrong direction. Uh, the mage antagonist was a group of people basically just studying mages. But any of these groups of antagonists could go after the other groups because like, you're an FBI agent and you find vampires. Oh, well, better take care of that. <laughs> like, the Inquisition encounters mages. Oh, God, witches. No. Uh, uh, there's a group dedicated to taking out uh, wraiths. Uh, and then the, the group that nobody seemed to like was there was an anti-changing one that nobody could actually understand why these people exist, why anybody would play these people. Because literally they are, hey, do you want to play a Karen in World of Darkness? That's all they are. I, I hate people having fun. I hate people bringing light into the world. Let's destroy that. It's like, Really? I mean, even vampires are looking at this group going, what? <laughs> so, 
Uh, and then they did a whole year of the ally, which is vampires can create ghouls, which are mortal servants who are addicted to their blood. They had a whole ghoul source book. They had a kinfolk source book. They had like all these people. And then, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm on page two of my notes here. Shocking. So by the end of second edition, everything is designed for crossover play. Your regional settings, because they brought out source books for regions. Yeah. For for vampire, it's like here, here's Chicago by night. This is how you run a vampire campaign in Chicago. This is our uh they did a Vancouver one where they introduced Oriental vampires, but then they like completely retconned all of that later on <laughs> in one of the funniest ways possible. It's like, no, none of that happened. It's like, really? We had entire character generation rules. Why is that? <laughs> Uh, but sometimes they do their regional settings would be crossover, like, they have, uh, vampire books would be by night, city by night, uh, werewolf would be rage across, and in the area, rage across Appalachia was also a changing source book. So it's the fey of the Appalachia region alongside the werewolves of the Appalachia region in one book. And I think there might be a map of the Apple of the uh trail in there. Ooh, got that? The trail? Ooh, Calling back to earlier episodes of this? Yes. <laughs> Supernatural hijinks along that trail. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh and then various story I mean all these books just have various story ideas in it. Not necessarily it was an actual adventure would be kind of rare, but there'd be a story idea here and there, like the tale of a uh, Rage Across Appalachia had a wolf puka in it that infiltrated a werewolf group, one of the werewolf uh, seps, to kind of both prank them and also learn about them. But because of all the darkness that exists in werewolf, would forget that they're a fae and just permanently be stuck in wolf form. Thank you. But every but they'd recognize that as a form of depression. So the singer storyteller werewolves would do songs to bring them out of it, which creates the imagination that the fae live off of and would awaken her. And she'd be back going, oh yeah. Okay, and it's like, look, at that point, you either go home or you tell them who you are. But she was sticking with it because they, she felt they needed her. So, because werewolves are a dying breed anyway. So, it's, yeah, that kind of sadness going. But then also, since you have so much crossover, you have inside jokes with the books themselves. Yeah. Because first edition Werewolf was very badly edited to the point where uh, the table of contents and the indexes would say, yeah, for this rule, please say, please see page XX. They forgot to look up the book, the page number. So page XX was in a lot of places. Well, when they did the vampire book for Clan Malkavian, which are literally insane vampires. There was, if you are flipping through the first edition, page 20 is just says, 
page XX as a huge image. And it says, you found it, page XX, here. (laughs) (laughs) So they, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot, yeah, <laughs> and they 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 tended if they were going to do inside jokes, it was between the groups that would have either considered tricksters or otherwise seen looked down on in some like my, the clan flaw for Malkavian vampires is they all have mental illness. It depends on the individual, but they all have that. And at the time, that was seen as a good way of addressing it in reality. Because this is the 90s. We don't talk about mental illness. Yeah. But here you have a whole clan that did. And you'd also have this weirdness that even though they're the mentally ill, they're the ones that could have complete depression as one of their aspects. They were the tricksters who got along with the tricksters from the other factions. Like werewolves would normally just kill vampires on sight, but if they recognize, but if a trickster werewolf would recognize or other changing breed would recognize a trickster vampire, they might go, you know, I'll spare you, but let's do something epic. <laughs> Just come up with this whole plot line of, I don't know, take it of like other characters finding eggs in their shoes when they put them on or something. Just something weird like that. Because that's something that ties them together in some way. So, yeah, I mentioned other changing breeds. Yeah, eventually they brought out werewolf source books for wear cats, wear coyote, wear raven, wear sharks. Like, there was a wear something. Yeah. So, yes, and that upsets my dog that other things exist. No. <laughs> yes, you fear spot power of. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Oops. What are you barking at? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, also, also, should be noted that this is a time, yeah, so all of this is happening, you know, today, if you have an RPG, you go online and you have forums and stuff, you have forums, you have Discord, you have all that. Yeah. None of that existed, even though, oddly, there were a lot of email lists, official and unofficial, for rules discussions. And yeah. I just want to point out, most of these were hosted by Wizards of the Coast, of all people. <laughs> like, for some reason, well, this was all published by White Wolf during the 90s. And you get the impression, I got the impression, talking to both Wizards of the Coast and White Wolf people over time, those two groups really got along. And by really got along, I mean when no, both groups were in town together, bars would run dry and beds would get broken. We'll just say that. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Uh, oh, as a secondary tangent to the tangent, back in 1994, White Wolf somehow got the rights, and we don't know how, but they use the storytelling system to do Street Fighter, the storyteller game. 
<laughs> the video game storytelling telling game. Just like the characters from Street Fighter and you run it in that system. Except they also had an expanded combat set of rules that was used trick cards to do things, but otherwise fully compatible with everything else. So in theory, you could walk up to a vampire and Hakuken! <laughs> Energy blast strike Street Fighter. Uh, and that's just, they eventually took that system that they used, stripped out the Street Fighter stuff, and it became an optional set of rules. Which is kind of weird when you really get into it and kind of explains why nobody likes that. The real hardcore people didn't like that system when it came out, but yeah. yet it existed as a thing because they already had done it. So, uh, during the same time, uh, this is the same time frame that Magic the Gathering is taking place in. Starts oh, of up. course. <laughs> they brought out Jihad, which was the Vampire the Masquerade trading card game. And it was the third collectible card game ever. Magic was first. Uh, there was a D&D &D based one. And then Jihad came out. Which they had to change the name to Vampire the Eternal Struggle because they felt, somebody felt, you know, we shouldn't have it named after, you know, Jihad. <laughs> Come on, that's not good. Name. That's not good. <laughs> but no. weirdly, weirdly, to this day, you could take those first edition, they keep changing the rules every few years and re-releasing it, but you could take those first edition cards and use them today in whatever the current game is, and it's all still functional. And they kind Ooh. of still kind of think of it as the same game. Uh, they also, well, yeah, we'll skip Rage. Rage was the werewolf trading card game, and yeah, yeah, not as cool as Jihad. Jihad's main problem when it came out was it would literally take hours to play. Yeah. You had, the idea was like six or seven people sat down to play. You can only attack the person to your right. Oh my god. <laughs> and combat was relatively slow. I can imagine. So you could only attack the person to your right, which meant that you'd have to spend most of your time defending to your left. And then after you knock a player out, you're after somebody else. So you have to refigure everything you're doing. It was nuts. Uh, they did a couple of historical versions of games. Uh, they did Vampire the Dark Age, which is, let's have these same vampires in the Dark Ages. Uh, probably the most fun, Werewolf the Wild West. I mean, it's the Wild West. Who doesn't want to roleplay in the Wild West? Okay, maybe not you. But... <laughs> But it's a Western! Come on! Ah, uh, fine. Uh, then after like a decade, they hit the reset button on everything. They decided that the world would end. Every system got like a source book that said how the world was going to end and gave you like five or six different options to play how the end ends. And they're all, they were all different and they were all very, the world is over. I mean, 
when like the the one with any life form at the end of it ends up being the one that ends with pain in the middle of a blasted earth screaming no. That's like one of the happy ones. I mean, come on. So uh the after that they brought out they started bringing out a new edition and it's like this is our revised world. This is our revi- this is our remake of everything and no one liked it. They only liked what? the setting <laughs> that the second edition had. But it's no still... one ever likes remakes of anything. I don't they know why didn't. they were surprised. Eventually they did anniversary editions, which were basically fourth edition, which is second, but with any of the foreseen problems from second fixed. So it's really not a second edition reprint. It it really was the second edition stuff, except let's fix the little things here and there that didn't work. But now they're doing a fifth edition and Vampire's out, Hunter is part of the main line, and 5th edition Werewolf just came out, or recently came out, and it's, it is a redoing of the worlds, but it's also not. Yeah. It's like, let's bring things as we understand to current times. Uh, let's also go... I did notice one of the things they did. Some names got changed, even though... Because White Wolf always had this thing that in the 90s, we didn't have the word back then, but they were seen almost as the woke gaming company. (laughs) All this is happening, and then it's like, they're woke. What do you mean by woke? Woke doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but they weren't as, even though this is a grimdark setting. I mean, your heroes in most of this don't really care about your regular everyday person. This is, the, the like, hi, I'm super powered and super powered up, but I need to drink your blood first. I mean, that's not exactly ha- light and happiness, but... They, there was a lot more of what we would say is representation, <laughs> uh, both LGBT, but yeah, uh, both both well, gay and let you would call it gay and lesbian then. That's all you would say. Okay. You're not the full string of letters we do now. A was ally back then. Period. Ew. Yeah, because. Nobody had really heard of Ace. I mean, yeah, somebody's going to say, well, here in this setting, it's like, in gamer circles? And especially when I'm going to bring up a topic later on, (laughs) that's Ace? That doesn't it. Excuse me? You did not listen (laughs) to our Ace history episode. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes and no, but in a gaming industry, it didn't, it, it wasn't there. But also you had Native American phrases that are not seen today as, well, you shouldn't say, it's like, you shouldn't use that. It's like, well, one of the werewolf tribes, for example, two werewolf tribes were the Akatana 
and the Wendigo. And calling That's a, a word you're not supposed to say. <laughs> exactly. But that was a tribe. Well, in the current editions, they've rewritten it, so they've, they've got both give, been given new names. Uh, some of the vampire clans have been given new names, like the Asamites, who are assassins. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's not their name anymore. I, I was able to look at the chart earlier of what the vampire clans were and point them out and go, oh, that's the old Asamites. Just looking at what their trait, kind of what their traits were and going, yeah. that's what you mean by that. Okay, I understand who they are now. I understand the Giovanni now have a new name, too, because we're not going to go Italian stereotype on them. Which is what they were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> huh, mob, mobsters who are necromancers. Okay, whatever. <laughs> now they're like more, it's less, Ita it's less Italian-based. So, uh... So, yeah, so in the current lighting, they've, and they've also split off some things. It's like, well, this werewolf tribe came from this area of the world. Well, this area of the world is actually these other things going on. And this is going on. No, they're out of the United Tribes completely. And they're part of the changing, the other changing breeds. So, like, my wife had played a tribe. That is not part of the United Werewolf Tribes anymore. They're more allied with the other changers, the were snakes and the were uh were tigers, than they are with other werewolves. So should be something I'd tell her here, but okay, I'm getting sad again. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did well, okay, what's well, one more media tangent until we fall into the next big discussion. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You know how, okay. You know how people are. You see a show with a similar theme, and of course there's got to be fanfics and gaming stats going. Uh, yeah, of course. What if, what if I told you that at the height of, like, mid-90s, we're kind of at the height of Vampire, there's people who are trying to make stats up, for characters from a TV show. Why? Because there was a <laughs> there's a Canadian police drama. But not just any drama. <laughs> the lead character, who's a cop, is also a vampire. Okay. I'm actually, I'm not making any of this up. A can there's a show about a Canadian vampire cop wow called uh forever night <laughs> that i think you could still get on i think you could find it on amazon but the, the back the backstory is he was a knight during the crusades became a vampire he's trying to find redemption and how he's doing it and refining his humanity is by becoming a cop like okay no. <laughs> that age which badly <laughs> it, it i mean he's got a partner who's a stereotypical overweight guy his ex-vampire lover runs the goth 
vampire club. And their sire is first season. He's just this evil entity in the background trying to destroy everything held dear. And then during the second season, when it turns out he's not dead, he's like, I do late night talk sh radio talk shows. Like, what? God. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> yeah, which was, but they did a lot of flashback. And a lot of people were basing their vampire campaigns on, well, why don't we do flashbacks like that? Yeah. Like, if you're flashing, ooh, Nick's on a case, and he just had a flashback to the similar event that happened 400 years ago. <laughs> like, How similar could it really be if it was 400 years ago? Murder can be murder. Theft can be theft. You know, you yes, know a lot of things, I yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, makes sense. Which you had people trying to figure out to shoehorn this entire mythology into vampire. And then you also had Highlander, the TV series, going on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which people trying to cross over that. So, uh, now, uh, and all this is going on. And then, you know what happens eventually? Fox. I couldn't even begin to guess. <laughs> the Fox News, the Fox TV network actually did a few episodes of a real, honest, licensed Vampire the Masquerade TV series. Oh my god. There was a TV series. Wow. Um, which, which sucked. Forever Night was actually much better. <laughs> I'm not much surprised, better. to be honest. Oh. Because I think Forever Night still took itself seriously. Hey, there's a murder to be solved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nick, why do you drive this old car from the 60s? Well, haven't you noticed that this thing has the biggest trunk space of any car ever produced? Literally, he could jump in the back if, like, the sun comes up and he's out. He just slams it shut. Boom. He's fine. <laughs> they, yeah. they just write this all in, and it's like, this all makes sense. Holy shit. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, there's our side media tangent for now. But, now our big side tangent. Are you ready for what's crazy, crazy? <laughs> Yeah, always. LARPing. Oh. Oh, God. Yes, vampire LARPs ruled the decade. Who cares about anything else? So, okay, literally, say almost the same set of rules. Uh, same, a lot of the same character generation concepts, same. But... Dress up in character, an interactive character with like a hundred other people. You've got a site out in the real world. You're not at a table. You are, well, unless you're like at a boring parmesan meeting. Okay. But <laughs> you, can, you have a site. Everybody gets together. Everybody's talking and acting in character. Stay in character the whole time. <laughs> if something happens, there's systems to for conflict. Just use your imagination. Uh, you you never guess how actual combat is run, but uh, no, you one of the first rules is no touching, so you couldn't actually interact like that. But conflict was paper rock scissors. 
advanced paper rock scissors though. So, like, if you if you lost or you tied, you'd go to your character sheet, and there'd be ways to either redo that, or there'd be a clear winner based on what the stat, what how your stats lined up against each other. Oh but, my god! Oh yeah! Advanced rock paper scissors. <laughs> oh my god! Yep. So it's like. Hey, can you give me a test real quick? Oh, shit. Oh, I threw paper and you threw scissors. God, I lost. I didn't notice that there's a fucking dragon over there or something. <laughs> but yeah, they had uh, they had live action source book, live action books for all of these. You didn't need the other books. You just needed the live action book. Yeah. Uh Imagination is important, but yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bring in something here that go ties back in with our thing. You get this many people together, thinking they're vampires or thinking they're werewolves. If it's a werewolf, or you get a lot of horny people. Aww. I'm just gonna say it, and I am not kidding. I there are. There were a lot of hookups. There were a lot of couples that formed and broke up. There are children I could point to that are actually now adults and say, yeah, their parents got together at this park. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why that guy over there exists. Uh, I mean, there's there's an old family. Can you imagine family. being that child and having to grow up knowing that the only reason you exist is because your parents were a little bit too into some I, I, spooky I role-playing games. I helped run one of those. Oh I wasn't gosh. just playing. I was an ST for the storyteller for that. You know how many headaches we had? I mean, my mother-in-law once gave us a bottle of... She worked in the medical field, so she had... When, doctor, when pharmaceutical reps were allowed to give doctors free samples, yeah. She gave us a bottle of thousand milligram pain relief headache medicine. It it's it's basically illegal. <laughs> yeah. I took one of those to a regional storyteller meeting. It's like a group of live action of LARP games. We all agree on the same plots. It's all networked. So you have triple the horny people in one room. Uh and it was just all the storytellers, and I passed this bottle around and watched it empty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm because not surprised. You know what players will come up with in a regular D&D game? Yeah. Imagine over a hundred people, or hundreds of people, and the shit they could come up with. But I had one friend of mine who I had dragged into a LARP game. Uh, Thank me one time because and flat out say, I never would have met my ex-husband who gave me my three kids because of you. <laughs> Which is both like touching and also children exist because of this. So, yeah. Oh dear. So they're taking their overacted. <laughs> Very getting invested in live action characters and meeting other people of the same ilk and whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as far as I know, stuff never actually happened at any of our games, but right after, sure, whatever. 
But why is this popular? Okay, I'm going to bring economics into this. I'm going to bore you with economics for a second. <laughs> the tabletop book was like between $20 and $30 for any of the, the hardcovers of second edition. Yeah. The original first edition of uh, Mind's Eye Theater, which is the Warp Rules, was a $30 box set. Okay. It had a, had a big book that was basically, I think you'd call it A4 paper, that size, the standard, yeah, yeah, sheet, yeah. Of, standard sheet of paper size rule book that was, wasn't too thick, but it was there. When they went to their second edition, they got rid of a lot of stuff that was in that book, in that box set. But it was $10. It was just about the size of a DVD case. Wow. They streamlined I mean, it, that, didn't they? It, it was very streamlined. Well, you didn't have to put... It was a thicker... It was thicker, but it was much better organized. They cleaned up the various representations for what an item card would be. See, the box set had the actual item cards printed. This was... This is a stat for an item. Make your own damn card. Thing. Yeah. So if you want, uh, if you wanted a gun, you'd have to get this card that said "gun." It would have its appropriate traits on it. But the second edition just said, "These are what the stats are. Go make your own." Yeah. And the second edition book was like ten bucks. Oh. Which is like. That's quite that's, cheap. That is super cheap. I mean, for our feeling, that's super cheap. It's still like 10 bucks in the 90s. But that's better than 20 to 30. I mean, I'm if thinking you... about the price of just like general normal books nowadays. Nowadays, like, yeah. $10 is cheap. For, I mean, back then... And that's a... for like a normal like paperback. $10 yeah. is pretty decent. I mean, I think today it's... I think there's a new edition coming that's like $20 for the same factor, but that's still not Ugh. horrible. Uh, but you'd have something that, yeah, if you've got good pockets, you shove them in there. In there. If your character has a purse, that's a great place to store it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and from a pure perspective of being the game store selling this, yeah, give me 10 copies if a new game is starting up and people don't have it. That's easy. That's very that's not a big investment to keep on the shelf and they it it will sell. Yeah. I mean, they did everything to make this right. Yeah. And it and it worked. That's I think really helped was I mean, one of the things for LARPing kind of falling apart eventually, I think was when prices started shooting up on paper goods. Yeah. And like one of the, because if they wanted to bring out another source book later on, it was another book for that, but it was still in that $10 range. But eventually they started getting to be like $15. And it's like, do we, mm. uh, is this really that important? So, uh, now, there were, of course, problems during this time. Yeah, of course. Because let's have Satanic Panic 2.0. Ah. Because people just aren't at a table pretending that they're wizards and warriors in a fantasy setting. They're really pretending they're vampires. And that is going to raise flags among assholes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, but you I said was... there were biblical people in the game. Yeah, you have to study that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that meeting with Seth was actually a mage and a Tremere vampire talking <laughs> to Seth. And apparently, Seth knew that that mage was like a master who could like nuke the planet if he felt like it, and like <laughs> was scared of Seth. And the vampire was like very high up in House Tremere and didn't realize who he was talking to till the end. Uh, I remember being sick one day from from college and there was a talk show talking about bringing in experts telling you to burn these books because the dangers! <laughs> Your teenagers should not have it! But probably one of the worst ones, which is also trigger warning at the beginning, uh, Columbine was actually blamed on vampire. Oof. Because the sheriff claimed that one of the shooters had a book. And that was yeah. never actually proven and nothing was actually, nobody ever said, oh, here's all the books that they had. No, he just said so and tried to get media about it. Yeah. Makes sense. Which, yeah. Which, but, but, but there was light in the darkness. So, okay. <laughs> a theory I had heard back then that came to mind. Zombies are popular when Republicans are in charge. Vampires are popular when Democrats are. Interesting. Tell which, me more. <laughs> which actually, it fits the Bush-Clinton era. Exactly. Okay. When there were a lot of zombie remakes during the Bush administration, Clinton comes around. That's the height of vampire. Huh. And then you also get some zombie remakes when, you know, George W. Bush comes into office. It's because vampires, I think, are sexy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and zombies are just wanting to eat you. Uh, oh, this is actually why I had the wolf stuff in my notes. So, yeah, we're, the werewolf game where the environmentalism is the theme. That's, that would be woke. Yeah. Yeah. So changing clan and tribe names, yeah. There were quite a few vampire video games that are very popular on Steam. Okay. That are very well done RPG games that are like top notch AAA title ones that are like they get the world down, they get like everything great. Like the people who've played them are like, yeah, this is they've done a good job at this. The stories are good, the plot elements are good, and yeah. So yeah. uh Hey kids, it's time for another tangent. Uh, <laughs> you've heard of or seen what we do in the shadows, right? Heard of it, seen clips, seen gifts, okay. seen, seen all the Tumblr posts, have right. not watched it. I know Taika Watiti has discussed that the whole thing originally came when they had a pair of character concepts for a vampire comedian and somebody that heckled them. Like, over the course of decades. Yeah. And knowing what I know, New Zealand in the late 90s actually had a fairly large LARP group in it. A fairly active and large LARP community. Huh. And a lot of it was college-based. And that, they, that was the time him and his buds were in college. 
and did the short film that was the original short yeah uh college short for what we do in the shadows yeah which just tells me these were lark characters <laughs> right from the beginning everything here this was a lark that's what they were doing and then they rewrote it for they for their own kind of setting and if we look at it in that aspect the whole thing is just funnier <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense if that yeah. if it wasn't if it if it had nothing to do with that i'd be going i'd be i'd be shocked i'd be fucking yeah. shocked if that had nothing to do with it well so. it seems to me like all vampire media is either derived from at its core yeah. The original Dracula, Twilight, or <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those three. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'd be surprised Twilight did steal more. But from what I understand of Twilight, it almost sounds like they're they're totally not werewolves from Twilight. They're a little more related to werewolf, the apocalypse werewolves. Than anything else. Yeah. Which kind of makes me wonder, okay, she didn't rip off vampire, but did she rip off werewolf? Almost I, intentionally I is, without people noticing? And I, I should clarify that I've never read Twilight and I've never actually okay. watched it all the way through. I've never see it, watched any of it either. I mean, I learned through osmosis of Tumblr. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was very 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 popular when I was in secondary school. Like I think the height of the sort of the Twilight sort of fever was when I was a teenager. So I never got into it. But since we slammed on Twilight, uh, if you're a Twilight <laughs> fan and want to contact the show and say <laughs> hey, <laughs> and go oh wait a minute, or you're Taika Waititi going God damn it, they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> If Taika Waititi listens to this podcast, I think I would die. <laughs> uh, oh, but, uh, yeah. So, re um, more recently, yeah, there is, I uh, mentioned that before, there's fifth editions updating everything. Uh, it's kind of weird because White Wolf is more like the holding brand for the whole thing now and not the publisher. There's a different publisher but the whole thing is owned by somebody else. It's kind of complicated, but if you just go to waterdarkness.com, it just gives you like, okay, here's background, here's setting, oh, and here's who actually publishes the stuff. <laughs> they, they've kind of like, publishing got weird. It did, so, yeah. But you, you can find where find things. Uh, I would like to point out the YouTube series called Hunter the Parenting. White Wolf has a program specifically to do fan-oriented stuff called The Dark Pact. I love that so much. I mean, they've got several hours of this up. Yeah. So, And I sent the link to somebody local I know that does uh, vampire smut fic. <laughs> and she's like, this is the greatest fucking thing ever! <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the concept of a vampire is a, you can't copyright that. No. That's it's out a, there. 
Well, it's also I it's mean, a folklore thing. It predates uh, Bram Stoker by yeah. centuries, anyway. Exactly. Uh, so, but my vampires are different. Okay, fine. You could trademark that. You could copyright that. <laughs> it's like co like copywriting the character of Loki, right? Which Disney did try to do. Yeah. And it went very oh. badly for them because it's a mythological figure from oh. an existing it... mythology. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I should bring up the ultimate crossover module that like was the character killer. Oh god. <laughs> there was a character they introduced in Werewolf. Okay. That was a regular kinfolk, but he wanted to be a werewolf. And he finds this ritual that if you took the skins of seven werewolves, you'd have to kill and skin werewolves, and then do this ritual, you'd become one. Why? And he becomes this antagonist throughout the werewolf books. And then they introduce him into Mage as... He's trying to steal power from a, uh, now I forget what the mage sanctuaries are, but they don't recognize them because mages and werewolves don't talk to each other unless they're trying to kill each other most of the time. And he steals power from them to power his own evil thing. And eventually he learns of a powerful vampire in Mexico City and decides to go fuck with that because he's going to try and steal its power. Yeah. I and, do. And werewolves and mages both find out about it at the same time and the idea is they descend on Mexico City which remember when I mentioned the Sabat earlier? Yeah. As the vamp that's their literal capital. <laughs> is Mexico City. So you have Samuel Hyde, the great evil baddie, is in Mexico City raising, it, just being a mess, being an ass, pissing off the corrupted werewolves that live there. Yeah. he's he has no qualms of killing them either. As mages and werewolves descend on the city, and the long story short of it is the technocratic union, your men in black and all, discover that Mexico City is the capital of evil vampires <laughs> and that there's evil corrupted werewolves underneath this uh, archaeological site of a Mayan of a Aztec temple. And it becomes a war zone for like two days at Halloween. Because they're throwing their equivalents of Terminators at vampires. <laughs> oh, and the final, final battle literally has... Uh, he's, accumula he's accumulated so much energy and various power and trying to awaken this vampire so that he can become a vampire, but not, but also steal its power. But remember when I discussed earlier how paradox likes to how reality likes to slap people down? Yeah. It because he becomes ground zero for a nuke. <laughs> that by definition, like characters have like 10 health levels. Yeah. And it's really a matter of 
your supernatural abilities or how you soak or resist the damage. Like a regular human has 10 health levels, a vampire has 10 health levels, but they have ways to heal and absorb that damage and shunt it. Yeah. When he exploded, I think if you were within like 30 feet of him when he went off, you took like 40 damage that you had to have ways to resist supernatural damage or you were dead. Wow. And you had to make had to survive like almost half a mile away, you would have been seriously injured. Yeah. They didn't care. They were gonna kill that character. Your character, if you were in close, was dead. Yeah. Oddly, that vampire who's trying to wake up, I think survives. <laughs> and is supposed to become an antagonist later on. And it's like, well, holy sh because I that's like if I survived a nuclear annihilation, I would probably turn into an antagonist against whoever set it off as well. Well, one of the things they did speaking of which, one of the things they did during the end times. Okay, the thing to remember is okay, Kane is the first first vampire. Kane creates three other vampires. Those three create the original thirteen. That all the tribes are, all the clans are descended from. The 13 yeah. destroyed a three, and Kane says, Knock it off, assholes. Uh, Fair enough. Right. This one that got awakened is a child, is a, was created by one of the 13. So that's where their power level is. Yeah. Well, during the end times, one of the 13 rises up, something wakes them up. Yeah. Uh, that was Ravnos, if I remember right. He fights Eastern vampires who are very, who are, there's some ancient Eastern vampires that wake up since him, because this is happening in like the India area. And they fight him for like multiple days. And they turn the sky black because they fear the sun too. Ravnos doesn't have the ability to do that, but they turn the sun black so they can keep fighting. Yeah. Well, in the mid Ravnos kills a couple of them. The last one is still fighting him. The technocracy drops a nuke on both of them. <laughs> the nuke, because nukes are technically magic items. They that kills the last guy who's keeping the sky black. So the sun shines and kills Ravnos. Yeah. He survived the nuke, but he couldn't survive the sun. So, yeah, nukes are fun. I think it's kind of cool that nukes oh. are considered magic items, yeah, because, yeah. like, it it plays into my sort of theory that all things that are science are actually kind of magic, and all the things that we consider to be magic are actually just science. Have you met Mage the Ascension? Of course you have. They are just the same Congratulations. thing. Congratulations. Ma uh, magic are just, they're the same. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's part of when they did the end time. Because they were actually doing novels during that time too, where they had the effects of what happened with the whole, that vampire's entire descended bloodline after they were destroyed. And it's like, they all went nuts for a short time. <laughs> They tried. They literally tried to kill each other until yeah. they snapped out of it. And it was like everybody looking at them, going, "What the hell happened?" 
And it's like, what did you just uh, do? <laughs> yeah. I did nothing. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> like, yeah, I think so, that would be my response as well. So, who, me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you could. Uh, now, as far as bringing it back to spookiness, uh, there was somebody. I wish I had this in front of me because this is from an email from like 30 years ago. But somebody set up like this list of on a scale of one to ten, how dark can this be? Because Rafe could go from a seven to ten in dark. Easy, without a problem. Yeah. Changeling, you could go from one, which is like so happy and light, to it's not you can't get too dark with it. You can, but you can't. But you probably max out as about an eight. Well, Vampire, yeah. you could go from a 5 to a 10. You could have <laughs> slapstick vampire games all day long or go super dark. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could do a what you could run a game that was what we do in the shadows if yeah. you wanted to. But even what we do in the shadows, if I noticed where your recent seasons of the TV show aren't as dark as they used to be. But I mean, it used to be Somebody left uh, something half drunk downstairs. Well, um, I'm sorry if somebody had alcohol. No, no, I mean, you didn't drain them completely. They're supposed to be dead and they're still, oh, sorry, I'll finish that later. <laughs> like, it's really dark when you think about it, but it's also yeah. a fucking funny joke. Yeah, like, at, <laughs> at its core, it is a comedy, but it's like a dark comedy. Yeah. Which, Which... means it's it's doing... It's doing really well in the UK. Like they show it on the BBC. Because yeah. that's like that's our type of comedy, I guess. We have like a very dry, yeah. dark sense of humor. Well, you did the you originated the show that was a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost living together. Yeah. And that was pretty straightforward that Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, the what they're saying is fifth edition of Lars is premiering, I think, in November at some convention. But it's I don't think it's actually like fifth edition rule set. I think it's this is the LARP rules for the setting that is the fifth edition world. Which I think makes a little more sense to call it. Well, it's hard to call it that, but it makes sense. If that makes sense, which it doesn't because I'm babbling. But yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up. So it's still kind of vibrant. People are... Now imagine, you said imagine finding out your parents just got it on after one of these things. Imagine you're playing that now and you find that out. Now imagine you're a parent and you find out your kid is in it and your kid is trying to hook up with the kids of somebody that was your antagonist for the previous campaign. <laughs> oh. That would be freaking hilarious, but like so I think uh I I think I've drained this beast. Uh <laughs> the beast being your nose or your notes? Uh I think the whole thing, the whole corpse that is uh the world of darkness. I have drank <laughs> I have drank deeply of it. Blah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay then. Yes. Blah. I am blah. I am totally not Vlad Tepe. But yeah, they had all sorts of interesting character concepts that would fly around in books that yeah. you know, would take it or leave it like 
uh supernatural kinfolk would be one that like i always kind of wanted to try to see how well that would go in certain groups but basically yeah. imagine if you were a mage or a changeling but it turns out you were related to werewolves huh. you would actually be depending on the werewolves it depends on how they would view you because yeah. you're either a resource or a threat because mages like to steal from werewolf sources of power but at the same time this is a guy who could warp reality they could help a lot yes <laughs> like tactically <laughs> we need to break into that mega corporation's computer database well isn't that lucky that this this mage who specializes in pretending to just know computers <laughs> <laughs> who could physically put their basically soul into that computer network and find what you're looking for that yep. does sound very handy uh, yeah uh, <laughs> you know i've played with the idea of we, the Hey I Like community, should do a a gaming session sometime, but I have no idea how to coordinate that or what games to use. <laughs> we can figure something out. We at should some point, at some point. But we should yeah. do it at some point. But I know that like between the lot of us, most of us have at least a passing interest in like D and D and stuff. So right. but yeah, I I think I have learnt a lot from this as someone who whose only exposure to vampires in games was when I was forcibly inducted into a Strahd D&D campaign. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think I've learned a lot. It's been very interesting. Yes. Different types of vampires, different types yeah. of werewolves. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add before we wrap up? Go visit your local gaming store and see if it's in stock. Uh, <laughs> Well, I know Werewolf was originally a Kickstarter before it got published. So maybe Mage and Changing will kickstart. Maybe. And then that's how they're going to do it. Because I know the uh, Vampire Lark that's coming up was on Kickstarter because I was getting notes about that. You because should I keep an eye out for it. They're relaunching LARPing again. So this could be, I mean, I feel too old for it. <laughs> <laughs> Never too old. So, yeah, one of the key things about World of Darkness in general that you're supposed to remember is that every city is twice as big as you think it is. Oh, of course. Because vampires have to eat, so they've been encouraging larger cities. Which also explains why werewolves are so pissed off, because the cities are larger. <laughs> the metro areas are insane. Yeah. Even though when we, when we did LARPing here, we had a... Dumb rule that it took 10 minutes to get anywhere in town because at the time, the roads in town were basically pretty much perfectly timed that it did take about 10 minutes to get anywhere in town. When to go two blocks, that would take 10 minutes. When to go yeah. across town, we know what road to take, that would take you 10 minutes. <laughs> we have visitors coming in from other cities that were LARPing going, we do 15 minutes. Why do you guys only do 10? Oh, we'll tell you when we get to Pizza Hut. 10 minutes later at Pizza Hut. <laughs> How did we get here that fast? It's like, told ya. <laughs> like, 10 minute travel time. It's great, isn't it? Uh, okay. Well, I guess I've, hopefully I have somebody interested in finding either the old or new. <laughs> uh, go make a purchase. Yes. Uh, go, go create commerce or, or find a site. Uh, or find uh, 
sometimes humble bundle. I think that's why I have why I have all those vampire books. I think they're actually a humble yeah. bundle at one point. Humble bundles are so cool. I love them. I, I yeah, I, I want to say that's where they those all came. So I don't pay as close attention to that as I should, but maybe it's because yeah. I need money. Uh, <laughs> money. Yeah, I like it. Give it to us. Yes, here please. Our, here at our <laughs> Patreon at. I do need to look, I need, I do need to do some Patreon stuff because I yeah. I have come to the conclusion that what I should probably be doing is um like monthly newsletter post type things where I have like this is what we've done this month and have the links to all the episodes and the YouTube videos and stuff. Um yeah. because at the moment it looks like we don't post anything. Um which is not great. So I need to get on that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the hey. Patreon Patreon exists. Go give us money, please. <laughs> Check out YouTube. We yes. have YouTube. We have stuff that goes up periodically. The Twitter account is We active. have Twitter. Yeah. You're in charge of that. Why yeah. don't you tell people about Twitter? Oh. We because... caved and got Twitter. So it's the Hey I Like Pod, which last week I think I had to do three updates for. Well, last week, as we were at time of recording, we had quite we had quite a lot. We had a of lot stuff. up because we had the Shakespeare thing go up. We yeah, had the Hobbit. Had the M MCR go up, and then yeah. we had the regular episode go up. Yeah, so we had we had a lot of stuff go up. Very busy week for the podcast. So check us out on YouTube and Twitter, and find us on Tumblr if you want to chat to us. Um, yeah. we've had a few uh, recommendations recently haven't we getting some free promo for people who we don't I know, know. <laughs> um so it's if you've wild. joined us oh. because you've seen us recommended elsewhere welcome thank you for listening hope you have enjoyed it and that it is all that people have told you i love how i've just kind of taken over the outro and it's meant to be your job i don't have anything no, else no, to say do you have anything you the outro. uh help me out here let's see here uh I, uh, we are not responsible if you play vampire and develop any kind of kinks. Uh, oh, uh, uh, do not ask a werewolf if they do it doggy style. No. Why would you do that? That actually happens in a novel. Not to say that the werewolf and vampire novels were good, because most of them were not, but that actually happens. Uh, oh, no. If you really wanted to do a campaign based on, you know, that TV series that ran for way too long, just do a Hunter the Reckoning campaign because it would be, it is supernatural. You could do it. Brilliant. Okay. Just go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so now but we've the, had recommendations for games to play. I'm way to too much and... insider information. <laughs> oh, God. Not yeah. to get into uh, laughing. <laughs> between... Between what happens at works and what happens sometimes between people who work at companies that like were being very popular at the time and from all of us here. Well, we've lost Kent, so I guess it's just goodbye from me. No. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, congrats! You're officially much stronger than half of our friends. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please subscribe so you get notified when we update, or sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hey underscore I underscore like. We have a direct line to us, the creators. 
You can also follow us on Tumblr at Hey I Like, which is all lowercase. That's all for now. See you next time on Hey I Like.